Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Well, friends, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26. Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, the fifth book of the Bible. I encourage you to pull the Bibles off the pew rack in front of you, or uh, this, the word will be up on the screen in front of us as we open to Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verses 1 to 11. And as we do that, let's pray. Lord, as we draw your scriptures near to us and we open our eyes over them, we pray, Lord, that you would install in us Christ-like glasses that we can read your scriptures and understand. Lord, that we can look to your word and see you in everything and see the grace of Jesus Christ drawing us near. In his name we pray, amen. Deuteronomy 26, verses one through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. With great terror and with signs and wonders, he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. We're grateful for the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, today we talk about being first to give. Today we're talking about a problem that we all, all, all have. And that is finding peace with our finances. Today we talk about putting God first in this area of our lives that we call our, our money, our resources, our finances. First things first, God first in my money. Dave Ramsey was so, was so smart to name his class Financial Peace University, right? Because that's what we all want. We all want peace. So you can be rich or poor and not have peace 
with your finances. You can have a lot of money and have no peace with God about any of it, or you can have very little and be tremendously anxious and never find peace about what you have. What we all want, what we all need is peace with God about our finances. When I was a little boy, I was a saver. I saved every coin, I saved every dollar I had, and, uh, and I, I collected, you know, money. I, I just, I wanted to save it. And I remember counting my change, my coins out in piles. I kind of liked piling them up and seeing how much, how much I had. One day I actually crawled under the sink and got out the brass polish, and, and I'm not kidding, I polished all my pennies. All those old pennies, I shined them up. I wanted them to gleam and, you know, I wanted to pile those, those coins up like Scrooge McDuck and just, just watch, them, watch them shine. But then one day I got in a fight with my pennies. We got in a fight with one another. You see, I had these pennies, but I also wanted to buy stuff. In fact, I wanted to buy a pack of Bubblicious and that was going to cost me my pennies, about 50 of them, as I recall. And so we got in this fight, my pennies and me. And we haven't really been at peace ever since. <laughs> if I buy that, I lose my shiny pennies. Well, we want, we want peace with our pennies. We want peace with, with our resources. We want peace in this. And peace can be found when we put God first. Next week is our annual Sunday to make pledges to the work of First Pres in the coming year, but I want you to know this is not a fund the church message. I'm not embarrassed to fund the church. I love to see the church funded. I, I, I love to see the church thrive. I love to see the church full and resourced and doing all that God has called it to do. But that's not really this message. If that message needs to come, don't worry, it will. This message is fundamentally about your peace with God, about your pennies. If you're not a believer, if you're exploring the faith, if you're a guest here, you're, you're exploring what it means to be a Christian today, this message really, you can just kind of relax and sit back. You might find some things in this message that you enjoy, some principles that you could apply, but, but you know, one of the chief complaints about church these days is they just want my money. That's what this whole thing is, a, some kind of a money-grabbing operation. Well, you can just put that out of your head. You're hosted here, you're a guest here, we want you here. You might find some helpful principles, but this is primarily a message for those who belong to Jesus Christ. So if you're exploring today, you can just sit back and relax, and later on you can rib your Christian friend. But you heard what he said, right? Because listen, if Jesus is your Savior, if Jesus is your Lord, then is Jesus first in your finances? If not, why not? If not, you will not find peace with your pennies. So we can tell all, this, all the standard jokes. Martin Luther once wrote, there are three conversions necessary, the conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the wallet. And he said, that one's the hardest one. Or there's the joke about the, the man who was baptized, but he held his wallet up out of the water. 
Or the pastor who said, the good news is the church has all the money it needs. The bad news is it's in your bank account. (laughs) Those jokes aren't that funny anyway. (laughs) But I think this is an area where we need peace, where we need to find peace. We need to be satisfied with where we are. We need to be contented with where we are with the Lord and our resources. I think it's a part of our lives that gets upside down and off balance as fast as any other. It can just rip us off course. I meet fewer and fewer people as I go on in ministry who genuinely express to me that they are at peace with their finances. And I'll call this out too because not only anecdotes but statistics will tell us that we're getting Worse and worse at this as we go down through the generations, not better. We're losing ground in learning how to have genuine peace with our finances with the Lord. So listen, how long do you want to live upside down about your money? How long do you want to live off balance with your money? How long do you want to try to make things match and fit and and push things together when you have not put Christ first in this part of your life? Listen, you might want to write this down. We think giving is losing, but it isn't. Giving is a great gain. Here's what I want you to think about this morning. You might want to write this down and think about this. Giving isn't losing. Generosity is joy. And it's God's plan for your life. Deuteronomy 26 is, is actually a plan. It's, it's a plan to find peace with your pennies. This passage is a, it's a how-to for putting God first in your finances. Deuteronomy is the last of the five books of Moses. So this is Moses speaking to the people of God after they've wandered for 40 years in the exodus from Egypt and they're just about to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land. So Moses is telling them all that God has explained to him, what God expects of them as they start a new life in a new land under new blessing from God and and God expects among other things God expects that they will bring the first fruits to the Lord with joy God expects them to to tithe tithe is the word for for offering God the first 10% of your of your income God expects them to tithe. Now, some will jump up and say, well, yes, we're reading from the Old Testament. That's Old Testament stuff. We Christians, we don't worry about that. Well, not so fast, my friends. You know, Jesus expected the tithe. He assumed his followers tithed. You can see it in Matthew 23, 23. If anything, the the New Testament ethic is about giving is that the tithe is just the beginning of what we ought to be devoting to the Lord. The tithe is a minimum. Do I have to tithe to be saved? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like everything Jesus calls us to do, our salvation is not dependent on our performance, but on his victory on the cross on our behalf. Our salvation is dependent in our faith in him, right? And that's it. End of story. But if you're looking for a healthy, godly standard to find peace with your pennies, it's 10% at a minimum. But we're not worried about that because we know giving isn't 
losing. Generosity is joy. In fact, can we say that together? Giving isn't losing. Generosity is joy. It's God's plan for us. And if we want, if we want to put God first in our finances, then that's the way we're going to live. So here's the how-to. Here's the method. Step one, have a plan. Verses one and two. When you have entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You've got to have a plan. You're not going to find peace with your pennies without a plan. Nobody falls backwards into holiness and nobody gives regularly without a plan. Moses said, plan now for when the good times come. Plan now for the giving that you want to do. When the money comes, when the profits roll in, that's not the time to decide how much the Lord deserves. See, here's a challenge that, that, uh, that I've heard. Are you tipping Jesus for good service? Or are you intentionally investing in what Jesus is doing in the mission of God? Are you dropping a a tip in the basket because Jesus has served you well? Or are you strategically funding the things of God? Isn't that convicting? Well, that's about having a plan. Have a plan. Make the decision before the question comes. Just say, I, I plan to give 10% to the Lord. That's my plan. That's the value of the pledge next week, by the way. You should know these pledge cards, this is not a contract. You're not making a contract with the church. No one is going to hold you to it like that. It's a plan. It's about making a plan. It's a way to make the decision to do the godly thing before the question presents itself. Do you see? Have a plan. People always say, you know, I want the, I want the secret. I want the secret key. Well, there's no real secret, you know? We, we know what to do. We just don't want to do it. People say, give me the secret uh, to, to weight loss. Okay, I'll give you the secret to weight loss. You know what the secret to weight loss is? Exercise and burn more calories than you consume. Hey. Oh, yeah, I was looking for something else, you know. <laughs> is there, are there any other secrets back there? You know, I want the secret. I want the secret to a happy marriage. The secret to a happy marriage. Well, pray together. Read the scriptures. Listen more than you talk. Didn't your grandmother tell you God gave you two ears and one mouth? Serve your serve your spouse. The needs of your spouse over your own. That's a secret. Oh, oh, I, you know, isn't there something else? Is there another? Well, I want the secret to to financial strength and peace. I want want the secret to limitless wealth. Okay, I'm gonna give you the Bible's secret code, okay? This is the secret key to limitless wealth. Are you ready? Spend less than you earn. It's right here in the Bible. 
It's, you know, save 10%, give 10%, spend less than you earn. Oh, ooh, I was looking for a better. We see, we know what to do. We just don't want to do it. Having a plan is the best way to make the decision to do the right thing before the question comes along. Have a plan. Amen? Step number two, declare the moment. Publish the plan. Share it somehow. Say it out loud. And declare when the moment has come to enact the plan. Pick it up at verse, at verse 3. And say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. I like that little bit about the priest in office at the time. Like somebody might say, well, I don't like that priest. It doesn't matter. It's not about the priest, right? I don't like that pastor. It's not about, the, it's not about that. He says, take it to the priest in office at the time. This isn't about the, the personality. This is about your relationship with God and God being in first place with your resources. Declare when it is time to activate the plan and celebrate it. It's a victory. It's a victory. I remember being in a worship service in Kenya some years ago where a woman brought a a small plastic bag of five eggs, five eggs, and she laid them at the the front of of the church You see, other people were bringing um, sugar cane or beets that had grown in their garden. Some had money, but one woman, she came forward and laid down this small, delicate bag of, it couldn't even get a half dozen, you know, five eggs. And she laid them down as a gift to the Lord. And you know what the pastor prayed? He got up and he prayed, and he said, thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us enough that we even have a gift to give to honor your name. I learned a lot about giving, Christian giving that day. It comes from declaring, declaring it's time to give to the Lord. You might remember when your plan was only a dream. One day I'll have a degree. One day I'll have a paycheck. One day I'll have a a business. One day my hens will, will lay eggs. Well, listen, at some point, one day becomes today, and you declare, now is the moment, now is the time to honor God with what he has done to prosper me. Declare the moment. Step number three, tell your story of gratitude. Verses five to 10. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean, And he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket, it says, before the Lord. How about, 
How about, for those of you who are going to go through this exercise this week and you're going to to cast ahead into 2018 and you're going to make a pledge to the work of the Lord here at First Pres, how about you, you take time before you figure that out to tell your story, to remember. Remember where you were when God reached out his mighty hand to save you. Remember what life was like when you were wandering here and there in life. Generosity is built on gratitude. Remember the story and tell the story of what God has done for you. Then, then look at your resources and decide what to give to the work of the Lord. Number one, have a plan. Number two, tell the story. Step four, uh, sorry, three, have a plan. We've done it all, haven't we? Help me out, people. We're in this together. You're not getting out of here any sooner than I am. Celebrate Celebrate is number four. Number one, you know, have a plan. Step two, step two, declare the moment. Three, tell your story. And number four, celebrate, celebrate. Give praise to God. Verse 11, then you and the Levites, see that's you and the, you know who this is? This is you and the, the insiders, the Levites, the insider crowd, and the foreigners residing among you, the outsider crowd. In fact, you and everybody around, everybody who is within the sound of your voice, everybody that's involved, anybody that's there, you shall rejoice. You shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Rejoice. You shall. It's a command. Celebrate. Party. Something awesome has happened. Something profound has just happened. You have struck a blow against the power of greed. You have struck a blow against the anxiety of the never enough voices in your life. You have resourced awesome things that God is doing to save souls and to love people. And it's time to stop and celebrate. We think giving is losing. It isn't. Giving is great gain. Giving is a great gain. Giving isn't losing. Generosity is joy. It's God's plan for your life. Celebrate. Yeah, but Pastor Tim, 10%, that's a lot, right? That's an awful lot. I I can't do 10%. Well, maybe not, but I hope you set it as a goal and walk toward it. Scripture, right through Scripture, it comes in again and again as a minimum to return to the Lord. He's, 10% is a lot. Oh, well, what are you afraid of? You say, well, I'm afraid of losing. If I give that much to the Lord, I'm afraid of, of what I'll lose. Giving is losing. No, it's not. Giving isn't losing. Giving is a great gain. What will you lose? Well, what will you lose? Let's, let's think about it together. I want you to just think about this with me. What will you lose? Think for a minute about last year's spending. Everything that you, you spent money on. Think of what you bought. What were your dumbest purchases? That was the dumbest thing that I, when I bought that, you know? What were those things that you bought that if you could go back, you, you wouldn't buy that, you wouldn't buy that silly, that silly thing. 
you know? You, you thought it was a good idea at the time, but you, but you regret it. Rank all the stuff that you bought, put the, put the things that were a smart buy at the very top, and then at the bottom of the list, you're gonna see a little list of things that you regret. What will you lose when you put God first in your finances? What will you lose? You'll lose that 10% of foolish things at the bottom of the list. You know, I bought that, uh, I don't know, $500 bottle of wine. And it wasn't even good, it was sour. I bought that new iPhone. I bought that new pair of skis because every year they change the angle of the parabola on the side of the ski. Just that hair. And I need that. I need that hair. You know, whatever. Okay. Good. You know, maybe good things. But I bet at the bottom of your spending list, there's some things you wish you could do over, some things you wish you could have that money back. Giving isn't losing. When God is in first place in your finances, you see, like everything else in your life, when Christ is in first place, all the other priorities start to, to settle in to their proper place. Everything else falls into place. And instead of 10% regret at the bottom, you gain 10% joy at the top. I'm not worried about you, what you'll lose when you put God first in your finances. I'm worried about what you'll lose when you don't, that you might lose peace with God, joy in generosity, peace with your pennies, freedom from anxiety and greed, fulfillment at seeing what God did with what you gave. See, you don't have to tithe to gain God's favor. Like all Christian obedience, this is a free act of love. It's a free act of love and devotion or it is the worst kind of religious drivel. If you're going to tithe, do it out of love for God and what he has done for you or don't do it at all. But I encourage you to try it because I'm not worried about what you'll lose when you put God first in your finances. I'm worried about what you'll lose when you don't. If you want peace with God, put God first. If you want peace with your pennies, put God in charge. Don't tip Jesus here and there, tossing him a little extra, tossing God the leftovers. Giving isn't losing. Generosity is joy. It's God's plan for your life. Make a plan. Declare the day. Tell the story. Celebrate the victory. We are not going to put other things or other desires above the Lord our God. We are going to declare that God comes first in our finances. We're going to invest strategically in the work of God. And after a while, after the years go by, and we've been faithful in building up the work of God and investing in his kingdom, you and I I are going to look back and you know we're going to say we are going to say I am so rich I am so blessed to have been able to participate in what God was doing in the world all these years we're going to be at peace with our pennies because we're going to be first to give amen but listen to me now when you're challenged and when you falter and when you fail, remember, it's Jesus who saves. And Jesus has already done what holiness requires. He gave. And he gave it all. On your behalf, he gave his whole self to draw you home. Lean on him.
and find peace. Let's pray. Lord, in this area of our lives, it can pull us under the water so quickly when we worry about what we have and don't have and wish what we had. And, but Lord, there's, a, there's enough of this voice in our lives telling us that we don't have enough, that there's never enough. Lord, you've given us so much. And from the soil under our feet that you have granted, from the life and the strength that you have given to each of us, each of us, Lord, we find ourselves resourced. And we want peace, Lord, with these resources. And so we, we put you first in all things. And Lord, hold us up by your grace and your mercy as we seek to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.